Hello, and welcome to Going Blind Socks. I am your host, Dustin Diodato, and with me, as always, is my wife and pretty lady, Joy Masters. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of you. <laughs> I almost hear, I'm probably reading into it, but I was like, as always, enjoy. No. She never goes away. <laughs> can't get rid of her. No, I like She's you. She's like that yappy little dog in the cartoons. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, you're in trouble now. Yep. I can say that. You can't. <laughs> How you, you, yeah. how, how you doing? I'm fine. Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, so let's get into our episode. Yeah. Um, the uh, the event that I'm about to describe uh, was not a particularly uh, big event, um, but I'm going to describe it anyway. I don't know why I felt the need to give you the precursor, but I'm gonna, <laughs> but I did it, and it's too late, and there's no going back. Nope. Well, I mean, we could stop. And nope, we're not going to. Okay. Nope. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I was coming home one day and uh, when this Joy and past, I... This past week. This past week. Uh, and when Joy and I are feeling lazy or bored with the food that we have in our house, one of us will invariably uh, text the other one uh, diner and the other one will always pretty much say yes. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to work from the diner. And I have a paralyzing fear of calling the diner. Uh, so, or calling any place. Yeah. Uh, so, Joy always I'm, takes. I'm that the on. designated caller. Yes. Uh, and because uh, she was already home, uh, and I was walking by it. It's right near. Yeah, it's right near the subway stop. Yeah. Uh, I would. Uh, it was my job to go pick it up. And um, when I get off our particular, my particular subway stop, our our subway stop, there are two stairwells that can go down. Uh, one that leads to our apartment, and one that leads to the diner. Uh, and. Despite the fact that they are the same type of staircase in the same area, uh, they are a completely different beast, if you will. Mm. Uh, something as simple as the little yellow lines indicate the last step uh, are gone on that particular side. Uh, the lighting is weird. The whole thing yeah. is kind of messed up. And all and the stairs are uneven over on that side, worse yeah. than on our side. Yeah. Like the you, last stair is half a stair. So you, you go to step down like you would any of the other stairs that you just came down and you come up short Yeah, and, and kind of trip. I don't know if other people have the same experience, but like if I'm doing something around the house, like learning how to hang shelves or whatever, um, the second shelf is always way better than the first shelf. <laughs> the first shelf is like crooked and weird. And then the, the second shelf is like, oh, okay, I figured it out. Um, and I think that's what the stairs are. The stairs on our normal side are the ones that they figured out how to do right. And the ones on the other side are the ones that they were kind of like... The practice run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's going down those stairs and uh, was sort of overcome by a paralyzing fear. Uh, because I literally could not figure out where the next step was. And I had the cane, but for whatever reason, I almost didn't trust it. You know, like I was using it to to poke uh but i i don't know i can't explain exactly why but it just something felt misleading about it so uh, i ended up going down the stairs very 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 slowly normally i i keep pace with traffic and this time i was that like super slow person that everybody was going around which is totally fine yeah but it was not the norm okay um and then there's three steps to go up into the diner. Three very simple steps. And uh, 
even those, all of a sudden, I was just kind of like panicked about. Oh, probably because you were already a little, you were anxious from the stairs. Yeah. That you'd just done. Yeah. The death defying staircase. Uh, and uh, so I went and I got the food uh, and then saw the stairs on the way out, the same three stairs I had just come up and got scared again, got like uh, really sort of petrified by the stairs. Uh, and I could feel my heart racing like a, a thousand beats per minute. Uh, but I was like, okay, just get home. Like, just get home. And um, and I did that thing that I normally do where I just rush. And I, I walked as quickly as I could. Uh, got home. I had to climb up the stairs to this building, which was two flights up, uh, which bizarrely wasn't quite as scary as the other ones. I think just because I, I really, really know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and came in the apartment. And I think you could see the minute I kind of walked through the door that, like something was up. Yeah, it was not in a good way. Uh, and I just kind of hand her to the food, and I was like, I, "I need to go sit down." And I was like, "Okay, I'll just sit down for a few minutes, take a deep breath." You brought me some soda, which normally makes me feel better. <laughs> okay, I'll be fine in five minutes. Okay, I'll be fine in ten minutes. And then as time went on, I wasn't feeling better. And uh, it it was, you know, I think we've talked about it before, but you get that fight or flight reaction to things. And like your, your adrenaline sort of pumps your heart and you're, you're in that weird like on edge, but ready to go and whatever kind of thing. Uh, and I stayed there for pretty much the rest of the night uh, where it, it almost felt like raw is the best way to kind of describe it. And, um, well, well, that's not the first time that it's taken me a while to, uh, bounce back. I think it was the longest it's ever taken me to bounce back. Like I pretty much didn't get over it that night. I, uh, I think we went to sleep by like 9.50 or something like that. That wasn't early. Yeah. I think because it was, it was just, it took a lot out of you and made you really tired. I mean, anxiety does that. It's like everything is running on the inside faster than it needs to be. That takes energy, physical energy. Yeah. So I think that's that we're like, hey, let's, uh, let's just, let's go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> let's turn that. Let's be 85 off. years old and go to bed <laughs> at 9.50. Uh, Although honestly, I woke up the next morning feeling so good because I had, mm-hmm. I think seven hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half. I was like, "Woo! This is what it's like." <laughs> <laughs> this is what being human is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, um, I, I realized that there had been a, a decent amount of time where uh, I, I occasionally would hear people talk about panic attacks, uh, and uh, every once in a while you hear like, "Oh, you know, I'll get one like every, you know, every whatever." Every few months, or and for me, I was like, "Oh, um, I get a mini version of that a couple of times a day, like whenever I'm doing something uh, traumatic like that." And I've trained myself to bounce back very quickly uh, because you don't have time to not bounce back very quickly. And lately, it's I've had this feeling of. Um, not being able to shake it like that, you know, it, it, it lingering for so much longer and invading so many other things. 
Because even the next morning, you were still feeling it yeah. a little bit, like a, a residual anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and that's a hard, that's a very hard way to be, you know? Uh, even, you know, today, there were periods of time where I was constantly on edge. We went to a, uh, a party for a friend, uh, and it was a bunch of, you know, friends that I've had for, I don't care to say the number of years because it's been <laughs> more than makes me comfortable. Uh, At least 20. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, longer. Yes. Um, but we'll, I just, was, I was we'll, trying to... we'll just leave it there. Uh, and uh, it was the first time that they'd all come with their kids. So there were four very tiny, very adorable people uh, mm-hmm. running around in addition to, I think it was like 11 adults. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I was there and <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was so many. Uh, and we were all in one room that only had one window that was on the far <laughs> side of the room. And I uh, instantly sort of went into that, like, hide in the corner, hide in the corner. Maybe just go wait in the hallway. Like, hide in the corner. No, maybe, or the hallway. <laughs> like uh, the hallway outside the apartment? Yes. <laughs> uh and ultimately, I just I went with the option of pick a chair, stay in that chair, let yeah. them come to you. That's the safest, I think. Uh, but I I I think I was there for probably an hour before my heart uh, hit like normal human pace. Uh, just seeing everybody running around and coming close to me and all that got rough. Uh, and. All of this sort of sparked uh, a question that I'd gotten from my therapist. I'd gone for, I, I want to say, almost 10 years. Yeah, but I think it was eight. Eight. Uh, and once we, it was before I knew I was losing my vision, uh, you know, up until uh, maybe about eight. A couple of uh, years ago. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I stopped seeing him probably okay. less than a year ago. Oh, right. I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. Uh, and when I would talk about how stressed I was getting, or I would talk about this basic thing that I'm talking about now, um, his, in his effort to sort of make me feel better, he would ask the question of, well, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, what are you so scared of? Uh, you know, because most of the time I'm talking about walking down the street or going down a couple of stairs. Like, I... I've uh, recently had the problem of uh, at the bottom of to get out of our building after you go down like the normal staircase uh, when you walk out the door there are three or two or three like very tiny steps Um, and I'll frequently stop once I get out the main door to put on sunglasses because it's been very bright lately and that leaves me somewhere in between the door and the stairs. And for whatever reason, I've been having a hard time picking up those stairs. And the, the ones directly outside? Yeah. Um, so um, instantly, I instantly get that, that fear thing. And I know that, like, let's say I mess that up and I miss the stair completely. Like, I'm going to fall a maximum of two feet. Uh, the likelihood of any real injury is, is very small. And yet it's still got that same feeling as if, you know, 
Well, two feet actually is a lot. I think it's a little bit less. It's even less than that. It's probably like a foot total for both of the stairs. Yeah. So. uh, But you feel like that that doesn't sound like it's very much is what you're saying. Right. Um, that, That empirically, if I look at it, I know that the worst thing that can happen is I scratch up my hand a little bit because I fall forward and can't catch myself. So, and yet I, I experience the fear like it is something very, very real. And my therapist would often ask the question of, like I said, of, well, what's the worst that can happen? And the obvious answer there is I fall down and I hurt myself. Uh, and the, the thing that we ultimately came to was uh, the concept of protecting the thin veil of safety. Like the thin perceived veil of safety. That because I've never really just like completely wiped out, you know, like I've never hurt myself. I haven't had to go to the hospital. You know, I've occasionally banged my head or whatever, but nothing. Uh, I, have, I possess no scars from uh, walking into things that... Bruises. Yeah, a couple of bruises, but nothing major. Okay. Uh, is that th- as long as I can prevent that, there's a perceived level of safety that I feel like I have. You know, that I'm, um, I'm still capable of not hurting myself, of assessing danger and avoiding it. And I think, like, and I fear that as soon as, uh, as soon as I fail the first time, that perceived level of safety kind of goes out the window. You know what I mean? Do you, but it sounds like you're trying to say it's something different than what normal people have. Because I, I, I think we all have a perceived sense of safety. Yeah. Like otherwise, none of us would ever leave the apartment or their homes because we'd be worried that, you know, bricks are going to fall on us or a bus is going to hit us or someone's going to stab us. So do you think that for you it's something more about this perceived level of safety that goes beyond a normal person's level of safety where you're going into the next stage of your eyesight and that it's going to get more, that much more dangerous? I, something along those lines? I, what, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at is um, if you are walking down a street normally, um, you know that there's the possibility of a comet coming to hit you or whatever, um, but it is remote. Yes. Uh, and the, the, there's a very strong likelihood that um, in the absence of outside stimuli, uh, uh, of very small chance, uh, you will be fine. Um, versus, you know, somebody in my situation where I could easily hurt myself without, like, without the comet. You know, I could hurt myself by uh, not picking up on a fire hydrant. I could hurt myself by, you know, tripping over uh, a bike that's, like, tied to scaffolding or, you know, any number of things. So that level of... That that level of a veil of a safety. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the question um, that we never fully got to when I was with him, but I think I, I we probably 
would have if I had kept going was uh, is there a difference between protecting yourself from that thin veil of safety and uh, it not being there? You know, like, I guess my point is if I'm acting so carefully to prevent that, then am I, uh, am I changing my behavior so much that it's, and, and am I so scared in that process that is the, is the illusion already gone? You know what I'm trying to say? No, I'm sorry. What are you saying? Are you saying that, um. I'm I'm not exactly sure. I apologize. In other words, like if you are, if you're trying to do something so you're not scared all the time, but you're scared that like, you're scared that if you don't protect yourself, that you'll be scared all the time, then you end up being scared all the time anyway. So you're saying you need to keep that illusion of safety? Right. Otherwise, you're just going to be scared all the time. Right. But... Have I already busted through it because I'm scared all the time anyway? You know what I mean? So you're saying that um, that once you hurt yourself, you could lose that veil of security and then you'd be even more scared? Yes. Or maybe once you hurt yourself, you realize that you're okay or that you recover very quickly and it's not as scary as it was before you actually hurt yourself. Like once... Sort of like once you get bitten by a horse. This is a bad example. Once you get bitten by <laughs> you a know, horse. The old, you know, once you get bitten by a horse, just go back and hang out with that horse and see if it bites you again. <laughs> oh, no. Getting thrown off a horse. No, that's a bad... You know what I'm trying to say. So we're like, what, basically... basically. No, in this case, no. <laughs> no. I, don't know, I don't know your folksy bitten by a horse expressions. I apologize. <laughs> well, I just made it up. No. Uh, so basically, being afraid of the unknown which is hurting yourself right now. Mm. Um, maybe once you actually hurt yourself, which will become the known and it's not as bad once you get there and maybe you'll be less scared. Yeah. I guess it depends. So basically go out and hurt yourself. Right. I guess it depends <laughs> on which, on which hurt myself I do because right. if I fall down two flights of stairs, like that will not be, good, yeah, no. that's going to be like, Nope, that's what I expected. And no, it I was think, awful. <laughs> I think you should choose the outside steps. Those two tiny little steps fall down those. Yeah. And like, hey, that's okay. Yeah, why, right? don't, why don't we pause this? Like, I'll throw myself down some steps and we'll see how I feel afterwards. But, but small steps, not <laughs> two flights of steps. Yeah. I think this Start is... Start out by throwing yourself down a few steps and then work your way up to... I think we're onto something. I don't know. I feel like some of our listeners may be calling the cops on you right now. No, I'm not throwing you down the steps. No, but you're encouraging me to go down. Yes. <laughs> But I see what you're saying. So is so like right now you have the fear of hurting yourself and worried that if you hurt yourself, that's going to break some flimsy veil of security, <laughs> sense of security that you have. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if maybe once you actually break it by hurting yourself a little bit, maybe it won't be as scary. But you're saying is the fear of hurting yourself just as bad? Just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. I. It seems like it right now. It does. It seems like it's the same thing. Because if you're afraid of going out anyway, it, it's it's still the same thing. It's still holding you back, still giving you anxiety. Yeah, I can't figure out the why it's lasting. Why it lasted like so long? Yeah, because that was about that's probably like twelve hours. Right. You know, and I I got out of it. I was fine. I made it down the stairs. Yeah. You know, 
it wasn't a surprise to me that I had a difficult time going down the stairs. It's not the first time. Well, one thing is I know that you get a little bit anxious before you go down that side of stairs, mm-hmm. the stairs. And that could have been there without you 100% realizing it. And so that makes the anxiety of actually going down the stairs that much more while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because the stairs going up to the diner are not that poorly lit. I mean, they're not super, but they're d- way better than mm. the other set. And so when you were coming back down, they're usually not that scary. So I think that I think that the anxiety level has was was going up to begin with before the whole incident started and then just got exponentially worse as you were going through it. Mm-hmm. And it stuck with you. And I think I do think that maybe part of it is cuz it is getting a little bit harder and the dark stairs are getting darker and harder to see. And I think there's more to it than just the stairs that are anxiety ridden. I think it's the impending darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you uh, uh, if you play a video game, look up that name because I'm usually that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't even mean to. Yeah. Do that, but yeah, it, 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 like in video games, you uh, you like a lot of times we'll have to sign up with a character name. Yeah, that's and, what, like your handle. Yeah. So mine is impending darkness, which uh, most people that uh, play with you. The most yeah, most people that play with me like don't know what it means in the beginning. Uh, like, oh, that's a cool name. And then they'll find out uh, eventually, and they're like, oh, that's a dark name. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you choose that? That's awful. And I'm like, yeah, for, that, no. for that very reason, actually, right. I think, because it's got that double entendre yeah. kind of thing. For that six months later, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, haha, it's very intimidating as a as an in-game name and also truthful yep. in real life. Um, but I'm wondering, honestly, though, I think yeah. that could be part of why this anxiety is lasting a little bit longer. Because as we, you know, as we wake up every day, it's another day closer to that number that our original doctor gave you. Yes. Of complete darkness. And that may not happen now. You were telling me that it could just be like the, some light and shadow and colors and stuff. But still, as you t- discussed in a previous podcast, that may not be all that much less scary. Right. So. Hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, you want to stop now? No. Uh, uh, so let's move on to our, our next topic. Um, this one, uh, I, I was uh, amongst friends recently, uh, and I was discussing uh, the podcast, uh, and it was amongst a bunch of friends who had not heard it they knew of it they knew what it was but they had not uh not ever taken a listen uh, and they knew about you know my condition and all that uh and uh one of the people said uh yeah i haven't heard it but i i feel like you should call that podcast bitching because i'm that's probably what you do you're just bitching about your eye oh you so, hadn't heard it no oh okay sorry uh so um Nice assumption on his part. Yes. Uh, so I uh, instantly saw red with that. Understandable. And um, I don't remember exactly what I'd said back to him, but I, I chose to take the high road on it. And But I, it took me a while to kind of shake it. Uh, there was... Uh, probably a good like hour 
after that where I was just like, err, to everyone and everything that anyone said. I think that's understandable. Uh, you know, so again, I was like, well, what, uh, what about that irked me so much? And um, other than it being somewhat dismissive, or maybe it being dismissive, I think is the is the part that upset me uh, because hopefully this podcast isn't that. I try to not make it that. Um, you try to not make it that, but but I think it's always a, a little bit of a fear in the back of our minds. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not telling the stories of triumphant victory, you know. No. Uh, I'm I'm telling the stories uh, of crappy stuff that happened that I had to deal with, which could very easily be described, which could very, um, which could be perceived as bitching about those things. Well, you know what though, I have to say something because one, I thought the person had listened to the podcast and made that remark. I'm not saying that makes it any better, but I thought they were basing it on something that they had actually listened to. And now that they haven't, so there's an assumption there that he is making that the only reason you would do a podcast about a disability is to bitch about it. Yes. And that one tells me that this person, and I'm sorry, I am going to say this, is not very worldly, is not very um, understanding or compassionate to, or doesn't understand that that would be necessary here because what you're trying to do is you have, okay, let me try it again. He does not have a disability. Mm. You do. Therefore, he's not going to fully understand what it's like to be you. I don't fully understand what it's like to be you because I'm not you. And each of everybody who has even the same eye disease that you have has a, a slightly different experience in their own way and deals with the day to day in their own way. But he's not, what he's demonstrating to me is that he's not going, hey, I recognize that what you're going through is very difficult. And that perhaps you need to talk about this and work through some stuff. And perhaps there's some other people out there that want to hear about how you're doing that or what you're going through or, or going, hey, I'm not alone. This sucks for all of us. And yeah. so that to me, that that makes me sad and it makes me a little frustrated. And I think that's probably another reason why you got frustrated was because one, you're a little bit worried that you bitch a little, but I think you're also frustrated because that person, you care about this person mm -hmm. and he is not seemingly taking any steps to understand your side of it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the hardest things because um, we'll get letters from time to time too of friends or, or, or letters of listeners who have that experience with friends who uh, are dismissive when they talk about things. Mm -hmm. And, and it makes a person not want to talk about what they're going through. You know, and uh, sometimes folks will ask me, f friends of mine who I don't see that frequently will ask me like, hey, how's it going with the eyes? And I always have to do that assessment of, do you really want to know or are you just asking? You know, like. Um, what do you find the answer is usually? Usually they really want to know. Okay. But the thing is, like, if you really want to know, I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah. But don't just ask. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. You're being polite, you know, for folks that are doing or being polite. But, like, you know, the truth is relatively long. And, and to try and explain it to somebody, like, as you mentioned, like, you don't, you couldn't experience what I'm going through. And admittedly, I couldn't experience what you're going through. You know, some in some ways, it's easier for me because I just have to take care of me. And I'm 
you know, I have some level of control over that. Uh, whereas, uh, you as a person who, um, cares about me is having to watch this and have no control over it. You know, like, I mean, you, you help me in any way that you can and we work together a lot of things, but like, you know, um, it, I, I'm sure that you are experiencing it emotionally, but with a sense of powerlessness, hmm. um, that I, I, I'm guessing on to some degree, you know, and I can't experience it the same way that you experience it. Okay. Uh, but the, the thing is like, because of that, for me, it's very important if a person genuinely cares to explain exactly what it is that I'm going through and not necessarily to complain. Although sometimes I feel I want to complain and not to be, you know, bitching and moaning about it, but just say, look, this is the actual experience that I'm having. You know, it is hard every day. So if I'm moody sometimes, or if I'm on edge, or if I'm like, whatever, it's because the thing that I'm doing, you cannot relate to, but I at least want to like, give you something to understand what's going on in my head. Because, like, there... There's no way to know, you know, like I, I like I have a, uh, a friend who had, uh, who was recovering from cancer and I couldn't conceive of what he went through when he was diagnosed. I can't conceive of what he went through when it reoccurred, uh, but if I ask him about what he's going through and he explains it to me, it's not bitching, you know, it's him trying to explain what he's actually going through. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same in the, in the sense when, with any friend in any situation, it's like, Hey, what are you, what's your life like? What's going on with you? How are you doing? Well, I'm going through these things and, and, and good friends who really want to know what the other person is going through. They're not going to go, Oh, I had a great dinner last night. That's my life. How's yours? You know, you're going to say, hey, I'm going through this really hard time at work or this thing is causing me anxiety or I'm having trouble with my mom or I'm having trouble with my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is. And so you tell them the nitty gritty because you're like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Right. And and partially for those out there, because we've gotten more emails from folks who don't have RP, but know people that do or are working with people that do or and all that. And um my advice to you would be ask them what they're going through regularly, you know, and not in a way to make it upsetting or anything like that. But at least for me, as much as I didn't want to talk about it, I mean, I started a podcast about it, so don't, <laughs> you know, uh, you got over that quickly. <laughs> I got over that quickly. Um, but I wanted to talk about it to some degree. It's cathartic too, I would think. Yes. Um, and, a lot of times, like, folks will, or me, um, will consciously avoid it a lot because they don't want that to be their identity, mm. you know, and they don't want to be perceived as weak or whatever. But at the same time, you spend so much time and effort trying to be normal and you want to be appreciated for it in some way, you know, like... Uh, you want the rest of the world to know 
how much effort you're putting in because there's no way that they would. There's no way that they could because you're consciously hiding it from them, you know? Um, So when you, if you, if you can reach out to them and ask them, like, talk about it and what their, um, what their individual thing is. Cause like, probably my story is somewhat relatable, but it's, you know, like you said, it's one of a million, you know, like each person's going through their own individual particular thing. Um, so don't, you know, uh, odds are if you are listening to this and you're thinking like, oh, this is what my person is going through. Like there's a hint of it. There's probably really a lot yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not entirely unrelatable, but they're going through a whole bunch of unique other weird stuff that, um, cause they may have I'm a different not. job or a different support system or right. whatever. Uh, so, but I think this is a good start. Yeah. And a based on what a lot of people say is they're like, yeah, I get that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't, I want to take away saying, Hey, listening to this is a waste of time. If this is what <laughs> you're looking for. Right. Yeah. No, that's not but, what I meant. But each person does have their own take on it and their own twist and has probably other things that they're going through as well. Yeah. Um, and if you're a person out there who's experiencing that, like be better than me and talk to the person because I didn't talk to the person and I regret mm. not saying something at the time. Well, I think at the time you needed a moment to cool down. Yeah. But maybe there's still time. You can still talk to them. Yeah. Um, because I, it can be perceived as a lack of empathy, mm-hmm. the way that the situation went. Yeah. And I think um, at the moment there was a lack of empathy, but I don't think that the person as a whole has a lack of empathy. I think they just struggle with... Um, Understanding, maybe? Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I, I, I think it was a, a poorly placed joke that if I explained to him actually what was going on and why it hurt him to say it that much, he'd get it. But he didn't realize it at the time. And I think that's not ridiculously uncommon with folks. You know, like, with... Uh, you know, with some of the letters, it'd be, like, parents who are saying, like, oh, it's not that bad. Why are you complaining? What's, you know... Right. Like, you can see just fine. It's like, no, you don't know. And I think, truthfully, if they knew, they would back off, you know. Uh, if they had any concept of what you were really going through, they would not insult you. They would not give you a hard time in that way. Right. Uh, and if they did, then you just go, oh, you and I n- never speak again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that good of a person. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that your average human would uh if they understood would get it and be good about it yeah they'd have some compassion and go okay i get it yeah i get it as far as i can you know Mm -hmm. uh all right well i think that uh is that everything yeah i think that does it for this episode okay you have anything else you want to talk about no i love you i love you (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks for listening thank you we'll uh, talk to you again soon Bye. bye